0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Double View Wrestling Podcast, a weekly podcast where we are re-watching AEW from the very start. I am the retired UK brick wrestler, formerly known as Triggerman, now simply known as Sid.
1: With me as always
0: is Superstar Pete Andrews.
1: I'm here. I'm ready. Let's watch some Dynamite.
0: So join us today as we look at Dynamite Episode 6. But before we get into all that, Pete...
1: Hello. Have you seen the TV show Heels? And what do you think? I haven't seen it. No, I know of it, but yeah, not seen it.
0: I think you need to. Uh, I think you need to give it a watch. I think you'll enjoy it. Obviously, Steve Amel, the Green Arrow himself, yeah. is uh, the main guy. He is. He is someone called. Get this, Jack Spade. Nice. And he has a brother called Ace Spade. I like it. And they are, yeah, brilliant. And they're part of a kind of rich, uh, southern wrestling, royal family. Uh, their dad was a big deal back in the day. And now they're running uh, a kind of Outlaw Mud Show promotion that's got no money, but can afford to have an entire building, which they're permanently set up in all week, <laughs> every day, all day. They never have to take the ring down or put the ring up. It's just always there. People can just work, walk in, hang out backstage, Use the exercise equipment, <laughs> but they've got no money, of course. No, no.
1: Do, do they constantly bury people because they're the Spade brothers?
0: Ah, well, that I don't want to spoil the end of the first episode, oh. but there is there is a
1: sort of a burial.
0: And um, guess what
1: music Ace Spade comes out to? Oh, what could it be? Um, it probably it's probably not a band that's done any significant wrestling music in the past, is it? No, like Motorhead or something. No, no, that would be too easy. It's just, it's just.
0: Someone who I don't know—that's a bit asinine. Oh. Uh, it's just the music in it is quite weak. A lot of the time, you think like wrestling show is going to be something heavy and cool, and mm. no, no, they, they've got a guy called Ace of Spades, uh, Ace Spade, <laughs> and they—they they don't use Ace of Spades. Maybe that'll be the end of season one. Maybe they'll get it right. Yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah.
0: I watched the first episode. I'm only two episodes in. I enjoyed the first episode mostly. There's a few bits which are a bit on the nose where they're talking about kayfabe. And it's like, just, you, you, you always sound stupid when people talk about it out in the open, like at a church meeting. Hmm. Yeah. And then, um, I thought, okay, that was, that was quite a good first episode. Let's do the second episode. And it seems to mostly be about squirrels in the attic. Brilliant. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's, that's
1: not what I was expecting. No.
0: I'll stick with it but I wish it wasn't an hour an episode.
1: Oh, yeah, that's always too much. I'm not into TV yeah. shows when they're an hour.
0: No, I like that 44-minute thing. Mm. Like, I know it was arbitrary. I know it was just created because they needed to put adverts into a TV show. Yeah. But it does work. Not every show is Sopranos or The Wire. Not every show needs an hour an episode.
1: Mm. No, definitely not.
0: I think Mike needs two hours an episode. It does. Cent. <laughs> what a sec, that was amazing. Uh, and we are going straight into Dynamite, episode six. Pete, hey, where are we?
1: When are we? What
0: are you wearing?
1: We are uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, that's how you've got to say it, at the Bojangles Coliseum. It's the 6th of November, 2019, and we're on TNT, or fight, depending on your preference of watching AW or even ITV, for us Brits. So, um, you didn't say what you're wearing, but that's fine. Oh, no, sorry. It's probably best I didn't tell you. Um
0: with you there. We go straight into quite an opening match, this. It's Pac the Bastard versus Print the Nice.
1: The best friend. But he's no best friend of so not in this match. No, Pac's not good around people. Well, he will be eventually, but at this, this point, very much a lone wolf, a lone Pack. Spoilers. Sorry. But straight off the bat, Pack versus Trent, that's a good opener.
0: Looking forward to this because I've I've said quite often I quite like Trent Beretta. I just don't like Chuck Taylor. Mm -hmm. Seeing him on his own for a singles match is decent. Um, Right at the start of the match, before it gets going, the crowd are chanting, Pack,
1: you suck. Yes, they're not keen. And they're dastardly Pack.
0: Now, obviously, a lot of the smart, smart crowds often do your untraditional wrestling chance like fight forever and tag team wrestling so i guess it's good to get him in the spirit and going yeah Pack, you're the bad guy we
1: don't like you but but he doesn't suck no that is something he doesn't No, he, he, I, I don't agree with his principles sometimes um especially these days he he likes using hammers here and there uh and he is a bit of a bastard but i think he's pleased with it because he calls himself it so you know carry on yeah pack Hammers in wrestling,
0: as we've discussed before, Triple H's hammer—it doesn't really work if you have to cover the end and put your hand over it. And using a toffee hammer or a ring bell—I'm not sure <laughs> if that's too far the other way.
1: Yeah, maybe PAX is a big fan of toffee because he is British and like he goes to a seaside town, gets some fudge and toffee.
0: How do you say toffee with
1: Pax's accent? Uh, no, to- toffee. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's a tricky one. That. So what did you think of this match? Uh, like you, uh, when when it was announced it was a singles match between Pack and Trent, I was like, yes, this will be all right. And it was. It was good. Um, the crowd incredibly hot uh, for the appearance of Orange Cassidy at the start. He got the biggest pop out of anyone involved, I'd say, in uh, this match, just seeing him. Um, and there was some good stuff towards the end with, with Cassidy and uh, Chuck Taylor Distracting the referee but yeah pack and trent work very well together we've seen them uh, wrestle a fair bit recently as well um, they always put together good matches uh, something i noticed with trent in this one and it's something that trent's very good at he he has his move set which wrestlers do but he'll often try and do those moves in interesting ways like he did that um suplex in this match utilising the ropes, um, and it was just, it's a Northern Lights suplex, and it was just really interesting how he, he got it on. It, he, he likes to change his moves up, rather than adding stuff, flash moves, he'll he'll vary his normal move set, and he did that a few times in this match, and it's always very good to see.
0: Yeah, the Northern Lights was a particularly nice move, and definitely noteworthy. Um, If I was being critical, I would have liked them to spend a bit more time in the ring wrestling, because they're both quite good at that. Yeah, Um, And it it was only about three minutes into the match that they spilled out and did their first bit of fighting outside, which in itself, not terrible. um, But then about 10 minutes later, 13 minutes or so into the match, they do exactly the same thing back outside the ring. And they're doing exactly the same moves the first time they fell out of the ring as well, which is always, it's just a little disappointing because there's no escalation happening. You're 10 minutes into the match. And you're still just doing Irish whips into barriers. Um, but I'm being overly critical there. It's still a nice match. It's a strong opener. Um, definitely a hot crowd for it. Mm. One extra thing I wanted to point out was Pax selling of his, the swinging DDT that Trent does. Right. Yeah. Uh, he kind of, he kind of nips up back onto his feet, but as he does with some of his nip ups, he's really low and then gets tall and he's selling the whole time. It just looks beautiful. It makes, it makes a swinging DDT look like an absolute killer.
1: Yeah, pack pack and DDTs are a beautiful thing. He's taken like what Van Damme did in the night is good DDT selling, and just taken it to another level. He just looks like it's killed him and he just in no control of his body and his ex- extremities when he does it. It's, yeah, it's, he's great at that.
0: Not the best-selling of a DDT I've ever seen. Oh. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think there was much selling in that.
0: No, no, the um, the famous DDT from Jake the Snake, which knocked mm. him a bit cross-eyed for 10 or 20 years. He seems to have recovered finally. Yeah, he
1: might be wrestling again soon, Ricky Steamboat. He's obviously seen Flair got away with it just and thought, I'll, I'll have some of that. He He's one of those guys that... I imagine
0: he's always stayed in shape and done a lot of physical activity. So mm. I, I think he could probably pull it out even now. Because even a, a bad match from Ricky Dragonstein boat is going to be most people's good matches from the last 20 years.
1: I mean, he had those couple of matches with Jericho and WWE a few years back. And he just looked phenomenal in those. Like he hadn't missed a step and he had been retired for the longest time at that point. So, yeah. Cool to see Steamboat do stuff. I, I'm a big fan of Ricky Steamboat. Do you think uh, Trent Beretta took some notes
0: from um, Chucky Taylor on this one? Because although there were no Falcon Arrows in the match, mm. there was the signature Black Arrow from Pac on the top row.
1: Yes. And Trent managed to kick out of it. Yeah, it doesn't happen often. Um, especially yeah, I wasn't expecting that. that. Yeah, it's, it's very rare that you see that. Normally, I mean, Pac doesn't do the Black Arrow all the time either. He does kind of save it. Um, yeah, so to see him do it and someone kick out, yeah, not something you see every day.
0: Kick out, Trent did. It didn't help him though, because straight from that, Pack transitions into the brutalizer, mm-hmm. and the referee called it, saying that Trent had passed out. So, yes, Pack gets the win. Sort of, sort of expected, but not a bad showing at all for Trent in his in his first Dynamite solo match, I believe.
1: Yeah, and we get they get the hint of things to come between uh, Pack and Orange Cassidy. There was a little face off in the ring. The, uh, the lackadaisical kicks and then booted out the ring was uh, was Cassidy.
0: That's a good point, actually, because that was that was a really odd little segment where, sure, Pat threw his opponent out the ring, but that's not really found upon in AEW. Mm. Um, and in a nice, quite clean, quite friendly match, there's been a bit of stuff outside, Orange Cassidy gets in the ring and interferes, and the crowd cheer for him. <laughs> yes. It's so, like, well, that's... Pax the bad guy. You already said he sucked. <laughs> the good guys yeah. got in. It's, it's still just that point where people haven't seen that much of Orange Cassidy. The blooms not off the rose They would just yeah, have yeah. it in the ring. But it is, was a little backwards, but we'll let it go.
1: And after this week's Rampage, he will always be known now as the beautiful Orange Cassidy. Did something happen on Dynamite that I forgot to remember? On Rampage, when... Um... Mike Tyson was doing commentary and he kept calling Orange Cassidy beautiful. Ah, uh, well, yeah, I've not done Rampage. Ah, uh, Shibata versus Orange Cassidy. Mental that that match has happened, but I'm glad it did.
0: With commentary from Mike Tyson, brilliant. Yes.
1: <laughs> so
0: we have a very, uh, very quick backstage little thing with Cody and MJF. Uh, mm-hmm. sort of, they use that as a kind of a teaser for full gear. But once the adverts are out of the way, they go straight from that into a full-on Cody promo.
1: Yes, they do.
0: Lots of name-dropping in this segment. Um, I think if you were playing wrestling bingo, you probably could have completed half a card at least. Um, he's really proud of AEW, Pete.
1: Yeah, he yeah he he loves it that much. It's always in his heart until it isn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what freedom tastes like.
1: Yes, <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, oh, is it? Oh, good. Yeah. Did not like the taste? Thought it tasted a bit horrible,
0: did you? What does money taste like? <laughs> yeah. So Cody, he comes out of the stipulation, sort of out of nowhere during a promo, mm-hmm. and he says, "If I don't beat Chris Jericho,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'll never challenge for the AEW Championship belt ever again."
1: That's right. Bit weird, isn't it? It's is strange. I mean, they—they they, he did that bit in the promo where it's like, obviously, my dad was management and a wrestler, and he got accused of pushing themselves. And I—I I get what he was going for, but it does kind of put you in a bit of a corner. Um, obviously, you can get out of it. It's not real. He hasn't signed an official contract saying that and he wouldn't get fired if he, he did challenge for it again. Um, but he... Yeah, it's um, an odd stipulation to have and it kind of... It makes everyone think, well, he's winning then because there's no way Cody would never challenge for the, the world title again. Obviously, we haven't seen what happens yet. Well, we have, but not in podcast life we haven't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is a, a strange one. It's like... Maybe do that if you've had a few shots at it and you've come up short. You're like, this is my last chance. If I don't do it this time, I'm not doing it again. But yeah, for your first, your first attempt in throwing that out, a bit odd.
0: Yeah, six weeks into weekly TV. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's one of those things that you use that to bait the champion. Like Jericho mm. doesn't want to give him a match, doesn't think he's worthy. Yeah. Maybe Jericho's scared. And you go, well, if, you, if, if, you, if I don't beat you, I can never challenge you for the belt again. Yes. So it has storytelling purposes. It's making the champion accept the match, Mm -hmm. and the stipulation means like he'll never be able to challenge Jericho for the belt. Not, not he'll never be able to challenge for the belt ever again. Yeah. It's a good promo nonetheless. It was a little McMahon-Helmsley era in its longevity. Mm -hmm. It felt a bit more like a WWE style promo than. An AEW star promo, so I mean Cody does still have that in him. That's
1: he has been trained. Well, exactly. I mean that's where he got his start. Um, and obviously his dad, one of the greatest talkers of all time, so he's going to want to go out there and and talk. And I mean, I guess it's something that not a lot of other people in AEW do to that extent. So it is a bit different. I mean, eventually Cody's segments in the fandom get called the Codyverse because they kind of happen in their own little universe. Doesn't really impact on a lot of the <laughs> other stuff that's going on. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, Cody out in his own little world uh, a lot of the time.
0: The, the worst thing about the promo for me, though, was like pretty much as soon as it ended, you have Jr. on commentary saying, oh that's that was a really good promo. One of the one of the <laughs> best. He's one of the best speakers." And yeah. it's like the idea of a commentator saying that over a dusty Rhodes <laughs> promo <laughs> yeah. thirty years ago. <laughs> the best promos don't need accolades or explanation. They they are well, just good yes. promos. So little odd. But we'll let it go.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's go into the second match. But before we get to the second match, we have to have Lucha Brothers coming out to do the Spanish commentary. Yeah. And we have to have SCU coming out to do the English commentary. Now, Mm -hmm. so if SCU come out to do commentary and no one bothers giving them seats, are they standing commentary units or
1: some chairs unnecessary? Nice. Like it. Yes. Yeah, I thought that that was a bit harsh, wasn't it? They're the champs, and they just come out, and you see them. They just stood there to the side. It's like we're not, you're not having a seat. You're not really welcome at our table just because you got some championships and a couple of medals. No, you can stand. If you want to be champions, you can earn them. Stand up.
0: Few commentary positions offer five seats, to be fair. But they could well, have just truth. like got out some of the Dark Order creepers and sat on them. That would have been yeah,
1: fine. Yeah, well, just like Kaz could have sat down and. Um, Scorpio on his lap or something. That'd be nice.
0: So, this match is for two things. The Mm. winner of this match gets a shot at the title at full gear the weekend coming. That's fine. That makes sense. That's wrestling. They also win a bronze medal (laughs) <laughs> showing that they came third place in the tournament, which is already finished.
1: Yeah. It's not all lost. See, it's still, still stuff to fight for. Yeah, we see SCU and Lucha Brothers with their medals on. They're really proud of them. They're wearing them around their necks. So it's like, do I have to wear this, Tony? Can, can I not? No, you're wearing them. Get out there. And because you said that, you're not having a seat.
0: I take it in a way, because like, if you're a wrestler and you win a belt and then like, you know, three months later you drop the belt, yeah. What have you got to show for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, a pissy little medal is something. If I was like, if I was Frankie Kazarian, I'd probably wear that forever. Just <laughs> like, I've got, I've got
1: this. And like turning into
0: a gimmick like Owen
1: Hart did with the slammies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he doesn't need He's challenging for the Impact World title soon, is Frankie Kazarian. So, you know, he's doing all right, I guess one day someone's going
0: to bid up to a few grand for the video title rights to that library. So <laughs> will it be Vince or will it be... That's, that's what you've got to do as a wrestling company now is you just have to run it long enough that a billionaire wants the tapes.
1: Yeah, like someone that gets signed to a better company eventually is on your show early door. So I've got footage of him when he started. Do you want it? That's That's how you make money in wrestling now. Yeah.
0: Of course, we are into a Dark Order versus Private Party Tag match, as we said, for a title shot at full gear. Mm. So obviously, we have got um, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy. That's it. Who is your favorite Cassidy? Ooh. Is it Cassidy from Preacher? John Cassidy from Planetary and Astonishing X-Men Art Duties? Mm-hmm. Is it Butch Cassidy? From Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid Is it Ted Cassidy Star of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid <laughs> Is it Cletus Cassidy Carnage from Marvel Comics uh, Or is it Orange, Leaf or Isaiah
1: <laughs> I like that they three bunch together Like some c- Rubbish Cassidy-based click. The Cassidy based clique
0: Well they click. are actually wrestlers So they go together yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love Orange Cassidy But i want to go with Cassidy from Preacher Joyce, he is good yeah, um, probably Leith
0: Cassidy for me. Well, yes, yeah, I love the new rockers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: someone has to, yeah, yeah, other yeah, than Martin yeah. Giannetti. So hey, here's a question: It's a little bit of side to the match, but have we ever had
0: Trent Barretta versus Stu Grayson in a singles feud or match?
1: Probably not. Um, Trent has more solo matches than you know a lot of tag guys do, but Stu Grayson does not get used a lot, and I think that's eventually why I left the company because he was just like, Well, I, I can do more. Um, but yeah, generally, you don't see Stu in solo matches. I'm trying, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I know there's probably is one now, but um, yeah, off the top of my head, I can't think of any or any significant solo matches for Stu.
0: Let's uh, let's look into that and we'll, we'll get back to the listeners on that one next week because I reckon those two could go quite well together. Yeah, yeah, I'd be up for that. But back to the match, Dark Order, private party. What were
1: your feelings on this one? Well, firstly, when the Dark Order came out and they had their creepers, like all the creepers, yes, they're all wearing the same thing, but they're wearing like gym tops with like their black tops with like stripes on down the sleeves and sides and stuff. Like they're they're like compression tops. It's like couldn't you have found a better, like just a black plain black T-shirt or top or something? But it, it kind of made them look a bit, yes, they're extras. And I know they are, <laughs> but it just didn't really fit the gimmick. It's like, just put a mask on and these black tops we've got kicking around. That, that'll that do. And it just looked a little bit amateur hour on their entrance, I thought.
0: You know, I, I reckon 10 years from now, there's going to be a really good wrestler-like kind of your CM Punk level mm. um, that everyone just loves. And there's a mad bidding war for, and it's going to turn out that, like, in 2019 they were one of the creepers
1: well alan angels one of the creepers he's just joined impact wrestling as part of the faction violent by design so again Im- impact that's where people go with the impact facts that's what you <laughs> yeah, should call what... them yeah impact
0: fact you could uh you could do a podcast
1: no, no i'm not watching okay. impact i don't want to watch it once yet <laughs> alone again um, yeah, but uh, back to the match at hand. Um, I thought this was a good match. Um, I was a bit down on Private Party the other week with their match with the Lucha Brothers, but they looked a lot better. They're, they were much like the Private Party you want them to be in this match. They were laying stuff in, didn't look as rehearsed as they have in the past. Um, Dark Order, Uno and Grayson, and I always think they work well together. I'm a fan of those guys when they're tagging um, and I thought it was a, a solid match. Um, not didn't set the world on fire, but both teams looked good. They both hit their stuff that you'd want to see from them. Uh, and I'd say the right the right team won as well.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with all that. Um, it had good momentum. It was a better show of a private party. There was a terrible Hurricane Rana from um, I think it was Mark Quinn yeah. right towards the end of the match. It was just really sloppy slightly bad position he was the idea was he did a hurricane rana, and rather than the opponent doing a front flip bump they charge into their their tag team partner and they both stagger about for a few seconds mm-hmm. but it just it didn't really have any wit or energy on it and it was yeah, just yeah
1: yeah
0: and that was right into the kind of big finishing spot of the match as well so that that was a bit of a shame and i think it does kind of like feed into what you were saying last week about there are some spots they go for where they're just a little apprehensive or overly yeah. cautious about hurting people, hmm. and I don't think Stu Grayson or Eubule you know, are going to really worry if they get no. like thrown into each other with a lot of force. It would no, really I mean
1: those guys are a wily pro, veteran pros at this rate. So yeah, they they don't mind people laying in it, but I don't think many wrestlers do to be honest. Um, if you do, you probably shouldn't be doing it. But you're going to get some wrestlers that are maybe a bit wary of it in their early days, and private party are still pretty new at this point. I mean, even now they're, they're still pretty young in their careers.
0: I have been told off for someone um, for intentionally trying to hurt them in a wrestling match, and all it was, was they weren't wearing ring gear. This was obviously, this was garbage back garden stuff. Right. And um, I, I went to kick them, and my foot got stuck in their pocket. <laughs> if they thought this was lethal, and lethal thought
1: that I was trying to kick him in the dick, <laughs> yeah. I'm so,
0: no, I'm trying to get my foot out of your pocket.
1: <laughs> <laughs> out your stone washed pocket.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe have ring gear and it wouldn't happen. But Yeah,
1: and or understand wrestling.
0: We asked him to chip in three pounds just towards kind of like tapes yeah. and equipment and he was like, oh, three pounds is quite a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh love it. You couldn't make him up. No. No. Um, and we shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Private Party win this match with their finishing manoeuvre called... What is it? Uh, gin and Juice. That's it, Gin and Juice. Which is good. So that means at the next show, Full Gear, which we will be covering next week, we have SCU versus the Lucha Bros and Private Party.
1: The winners against the runner-up and third place. No medals on the line, I don't think.
0: Yeah, it's not really fair, is it? Like, SCU can lose the... Um, they can lose their tag belts, but they mm. can't win a bronze medal. No, that's right. <laughs> they win. They should demand the yeah. bronze medals and the silver medal. Definitely. That would, that yeah, would show take them. them all. Yeah. That would learn them. We go straight from... That would be actually quite good for him, because he could kind of use the medal as an eye cover for his gammy eye. <laughs> yeah. We go straight from that tag team match to my favourite segment of the whole night. Oh, that's brilliant. It's so good. It's a Jericho <laughs> promo, but it's a parody of Cody and Brandy. Now, yeah. obviously, you've seen this before, but it was mm-hmm. new to me. I'd forgotten about
1: it completely. Oh,
0: well, that's that's perfect. Yeah. How far into this did you click what they were doing with the, the Cody-Brandy parody?
1: It was straight away. As soon as Jericho sat at that table <laughs> Uh, Sammy walks in and Jericho's just thinking, and I was like, oh my God, they're doing this. Yeah, I like completely got out. It's not even I watched and went, oh yeah, I remember this happened. Completely forgot it. So, yeah, I had no recollection of it at all.
0: He sat at the table and I was like, this feels familiar, but I hadn't quite <laughs> placed what was happening. And then Sammy walks in, and the first note of the music, that kind of melancholy, like, yeah. boom, I was like, oh, are they actually doing this? And it just kept getting better and better. Yeah. Um, if, if you haven't seen this, go back and find this segment. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's got everything you expect. Um, I didn't expect Virgil
1: on this show. No, yeah, unexpected treat he was. But yeah, not just once in the video package, a couple of times there. Soul Man Jones uh, is his name uh, at this point, not Virgil or Vincent.
0: So as I don't know if we'll ever get Virgil again, well, let's very quickly do who is your favourite Virgil, is it? <laughs> Soul Crane Jones. Gus
1: Grissom or Dusty Rhodes? Purely because of this video package, <laughs> it's Solvan Jones. Because, yeah, amazing. Amazing for him to show up there. I loved it.
0: So you heard it here. Sol Train Jones is the best Virgil of all time. Definitely. out Dusty Rhodes <laughs> and Gus Grissom, the astronaut who died in the um, ill-fated Apollo 1 mission. Yeah,
1: well, Whatever. Have those other two appeared on AWTV? No, they haven't. So I mean,
0: you will notice that the other two were clever enough to not use the name Virgil. True,
1: yeah. That is a good point. But
0: am, am I right in thinking that Virgil was named as such by Vince McMahon because he didn't like Dusty Rhodes?
1: Yes, and that's why he was called Vincent when he was in WCW. Ah, a, you see? Storytelling.
0: Yeah, I hope you've all learned some for listeners. That's why you come to the show. Come for the crap <laughs> jokes. Stay for the acquired wrestling knowledge. That's right. Let's stay with this promo a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but, but hang on, now I've got more Virgil stuff. Virgil claims he has had
1: sex with one million women. That sounds good. Yeah, don't deny it. He was on the road a lot, so yeah. It's a lot got access isn't it? to money. Yeah, Well, it is a lot. But you know, who, 1 million. who am I to doubt Virgil? Uh, He seems like a stand-up gentleman to me.
0: Well, they should call him the the Million
1: Woman Bank. Yes, I like it. That should be his new name. But I wouldn't want to touch his million-dollar belt because it's probably a bit tacky.
0: No, worse than pages. Um, So, (laughs) moving on, we also have Chris's aunt's friend from church (laughs) talking about how she always knew Chris Jericho was going to grow up to be AEW champion. Yeah. I,
1: I can't unpack why that's brilliant. Sammy Guevara saying uh, he's the youngest uh, AW World Champion of all time. That was good. He's also the oldest. So a little yeah, well, you technical technicalities.
0: Uh,
1: and Jake Hagar not talking.
0: <laughs> twice. <laughs>
1: yeah. I also enjoyed when they brought up like the the talking heads. You had the the names underneath, and like uh, I think it was Ortiz next to it, It had Ruffian. That was that was who he was. I enjoyed that. Honestly, a better name for a tag
0: team for them than Proud and Powerful. Just the Ruffians. Sounds a bit English. I yeah. think they're being in the uh, Blackpool Pride club if they call themselves <laughs> the Ruffians. Yeah. Okay, I want that now, so. we <laughs> you know, Tony Khan's a listener, so that could happen. Yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine. So, <laughs> onto the first match of the evening it is the commercial jerkin Jamie Hater
1: mm-hmm. and Emmy Sakura against Sharna and Rio. It is indeed. Now, I know Queen are obviously a massive band. Um, people know them. But imagine if you hadn't heard of Queen or Freddie Mercury and you see a women's wrestler come out with a moustache. like You'd be like, well, what's, what's that then? Is she all right? What's, what's going on? Well, I
0: mean, even Freddie
1: didn't always have a moustache. Well, he didn't. No, no. Um, but yeah, it's... I forgot she occasionally had a moustache as part of her entrance attire. Um, Don't know where it goes uh, when the match starts. I don't know if she gives it to the the ref or in a pocket or something, but
0: yeah. I like to think it's like Optimus Prime's trailer and you just don't ask those questions. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's fair. It
0: just disappears and that's that's fine. Um, So Rio, obviously trained by Emi Sakura. It's a shame that they didn't saddle her with a Brian May gimmick.
1: Yeah, they should have really. Or John Deacon, the one that sort of left because he was like, I don't want to do this anymore, Brian and the drummer, whose name escapes or, me. Or
0: Roger Taylor.
1: There Roger you go. Taylor, there just he is. To,
0: just to name check all of them. There yeah, we go.
1: That's, that's all of the queens.
0: What we do, we name queen. <laughs> so um, let's start to this match, I thought. Actual wrestling, actual wrestling holds and reversals, Um tag rules were mostly
1: adhered to. Yeah, it was a, a very long match as well. This was the longest match of the evening at thirteen minutes forty six. Um, I mean, just a few years ago, if you said there's a women's match on this show that's like nearly fifteen minutes long, I go, I don't, I don't want to see that. But women's wrestling has evolved and it's changed, and it's just as good, if not better, at times than the men's stuff. Um, and this, all four people in this look great. I thought um, Jamie Hater. We are obviously both big fans of Jamie Hay. We've mentioned that before at the minute. She's on absolute tear. Um, and there were v- a lot of signs in this match of, you know, the potential she had. Um, I say that like it was a million years ago. It was only sort of three years ago, but um, she's developed so much in such a short space of time. But yeah, she was great in this match. She does that thing I like with wrestlers where she's very vocal. She does a lot of shouting and that's a whole that's holdover from Japanese wrestling. All these uh, wrestlers have wrestled in Japan. Shana, maybe not so... Oh no, she, has, she was in stardom. So yeah, they've all wrestled in Japan and shouting at your opponent and stuff is a big thing over there. Um, but yeah, it was it was great. I thought everyone looked a million dollars in this match um Rio wasn't in the match as much as the rest and I think that's probably wise because she does have a big pay-per-view match coming up with uh Sikora, so it kept that kind of yes they did get involved in the finish leaves into it but it kept her fresh and special for the the pay-per-view that's coming up a week later but yeah I really enjoyed this match thought everyone worked hard and it was uh good good from start to finish
0: yeah, I love this match. Um, a rolling Romero special, uh, between any yes. Sakura and Rio. Like, no matter what you say, anyone who's ever been in the wrestling ring, if you try and do that move, like, oh my God, it's, it requires every sort of strength you don't know you need. Um, it's, it's fantastic. Any weaknesses you've got that that will show up. So credit to them for doing that. Jamie Hayter, as you say, great for her. She absolutely ragdolls Rio at every opportunity. Mm-hmm. More so than Nyla Rose. Like
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That that wasn't really what happened in the Nyla match. And I don't know if that was just to subvert expectations and show that Nyla can actually wrestle and Rio can move around quick enough that she doesn't get ragdolled. But I really like Sim. Jamie Hater just throw her about and stick fingers in her ears and pull her mouth wide open. Yeah, it was a
1: double wet willy uh, on this one. Double so, wet willy, like, and the
0: crowd, yeah. the crowd clicked on that as well. Like yes, they, they did. They yeah. got that we'd seen this before, and it was escalated. Um, I would have liked to maybe have seen a bit more of uh, Sharna versus Jamie Hater, but you know they can do that down the road. They don't have to give it us all in the first match. That would be silly.
1: Yes, yeah, um, and I, I didn't see the finish coming either. I just thought. That the faces would win this one, but it made sense. It gives Sakura that Sakura got the win over Rio, uh, which proves that Sakura can beat her. Uh, so it takes you into the paper. You go, oh well, is, is Rio going to come unstuck? We will wait and see.
0: Yeah, it was a fantastic finish. Lots of rapid, quick fire pin attempts yeah. from both uh, Rio and Emi, um, Emi Sakura, who wins finally with the mistral cradle. So big question mark in the air as whether Rio can get the job done next week. And it wasn't like she pinned Shana. It She did pin Rio. So yes, exactly.
1: Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um, I have another tiny, tiny complaint, and that mm-hmm. there's a few bits in the match where you're kicking out, like there's a pinfall attempt, and you kick out even though your tag team partner comes in to break it up.
1: Right, yeah. It's a
0: really hard thing to do right. I mean, we had to really, really work on that back when we were first started wrestling, because you do a tag match, and you don't honestly always know, am I kicking out or am I actually breaking this up? And if you end up doing both, it always
1: looks a bit scrappy.
0: Yes. Um,
1: but it is it is hard to always get that right. Like, if you're not kicking out, you've got to hope that your partner has remembered that they need to break it up. And, yeah, it's, it's not the easiest thing.
0: You always want to try and just keep one eye on your opponent. But depending on where the ref is and... Where you've been pinned, you, you can't always do that. Yeah, and definitely. you never know if you're if your tag team partner's going to come out from under the ropes or or anything really. So it's it is tricky. It was a good match, and I loved seeing the crowd really into this. Yeah, like, they
1: were. Yeah, they were
0: loud. They were enjoying it. So we go from the best of women's wrestling to a brandy promo. Oh yeah. Where? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Where she, what I love about this this absolute barrel of pitch she's felt is <laughs> she's making it all up herself. She's like, "Oh, people say I'm only here because of Cody. Yep, like no people say it. I'm not very good." And it's like, "Well, no one said that on TV, yeah, yeah." <laughs> until until you did. You're you're giving it credence by saying yes. it on national TV. And seeing as you're not in AEW now, Cody's left, and they don't want WWE, hmm. some. It does seem that way but let's not hang on that too much because we have Random Cutler versus Sean Spears
1: yes Um we saw a little bit before the match as well from dark with Spears and Tully attacking Joey Janella and trying to pull his tongue out uh, I do believe which is a new one
0: yep yep they they love those kind of Grand Theft Auto level cutscenes where you horrifically maim someone who then has to appear on TV next week absolutely <laughs> fine yeah <laughs> Because they did that with Billy Gunn's fingers
1: a couple of weeks yes. ago. I know he has, he has some bandages on.
0: Yeah, and foam fingers. So that's all you yes, exactly. need. Exactly. Let's just talk about Brandon Cutler's music. I know he's obviously <laughs> going for the I, I'm a geek, I'm a nerd, and I yeah. like I like Warhammer and whatever it is that Warhammer people like. <laughs> doesn't don't fit, does it? It's the wrong music, really. Like, I think <laughs> it would really work. When Wardlow is pacing about out the back yeah. before he yeah. walks to the ring, yes. like Brandon Cutler's music would be perfect for that. It's got that Goldberg <laughs> yeah. kind of energy.
1: And every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, who's this? Oh, it's it's Brandon Cutler, of course, of course it is. It's odd.
0: I guess. Yeah, I must say that this match um, did subvert my expectations mm-hmm. in that it went for three minutes thirteen and not the three minutes I predicted.
1: There you go. So they they went a bit longer. But yeah, I, I it was never gonna be a long one, was it? Uh Brandon is very much a a job guy at this point, um, an enhancement talent. Um but yeah, it, it was fine. It was to get Sean Spears over a bit. He came out of his T shirt with the no garbage wrestling thing, which is obviously around his feud with uh, Joey Janella. But it was just a match to to get a bit of heat behind Sean Spears. He hit his C four nicely and it, it didn't outstay its welcome.
0: Obviously after the match there was a little bit of afterbirth where um Sean Spears and Tully try and attack Cutler and Joey Chanella runs out and he's like, Oh, I'm not having that, I'm Joey Chinella.
1: That's it.
0: I'll let you beat me up instead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Called, he called Tully Blanchard a cuck, which made me laugh. Amazing.
0: So that kind of that kind of just times itself out, really. It doesn't really have a conclusion conclusion that segment. It just kind
1: yeah. of I guess I cut to commercial, but yeah, we see everything. We still sort of see Joe to yeah. walk up the ramp and throw his coat down and then pick it up straight away.
0: Well, no one else is going to pick it up. Sometimes having God mode on and seeing everything through the adverts isn't great. But we do now know that um, Adam Page can do as many as free push-ups.
1: Yes, which is the same workout that Jim Ross does, uh, he told Brilliant. us. <laughs> um,
0: Kenny wraps his wrists in tape. Yeah, saw that. And Jericho explains what the letters AEW and the word <laughs> yeah. Jericho on his belt means to Sammy. And I
1: enjoyed that bit. That was good.
0: That was great. It did really look like Sammy was actually learning something. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> Maybe he was.
1: Yeah. Oh, so that makes sense. I like it. Yeah.
0: Next, we have a Mox Kenny package leading into their lights out unranked match. Where like doesn't matter who wins, really, does it? It's just a fight.
1: Yeah, unsanctioned match. That's what it is. There we go.
0: Thank you for the word. Calling it a lights out match is a bit of a misnomer because, like, if it was just twenty minutes, pitch black in the arena, and occasionally you heard (laughs) a... Although I'm surprised, I'm really surprised now thinking about it that Mick Foley never tried to do that of Al Snow. (laughs) Maybe it's like a fifteen minute match, complete pitch black. (laughs) Every now and then, you just hear one go. <laughs> or, or Mick Foley showing, you can't see it but his clocks out.
1: You'd <laughs> probably say that about I'll say when the lights are on.
0: Yeah, this is true. <laughs> if you don't understand that, read Mick Foley's book, it all <laughs> clear. Yeah. So into the main event for the night. It is Adam Page and Kelly Omega. Um
1: but, but even though they are the Elite, you don't call them the Elite, do you? It's weird. No, yeah, they're not They're not called that. But yeah, they are very much part of the Elite together. So is Cody, but although very rarely do the, the paths cross with that lot uh, on AEW. You need a
0: specific name for Adam Page and Omega. Part um, Elite Wrestling. No, that doesn't <laughs> <Yeah>. work. <laughs> Write that into our comments on Twitter, people, or, or Mastodon, wherever people are next week. So Adam Page and Kelly Mega against Sammy and Chris Jericho, two members of the Inner Circle. Mm-hmm. It's pretty obvious what's going to happen with this because it is the last match before the pay-per-view.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I they came out, I was like, oh, this is a main event and there's still half an hour to go. Um, mm. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be all right with that, to be honest. And I reckon these guys could get a decent 30-minute. But yeah, the entrances go long because there's a commercial break uh the match itself only ends up being only i say 13 minutes and six seconds um but yeah solid match it is two
0: yeah it does the job all the way through um there's a few awful bits at the entrance like i understand why sammy has the sammy cam like mm-hmm. he's doing vlogging micro vlogging as he's coming out that's great but don't cut to a feed of it
1: yeah yeah, it wasn't good.
0: The cameras at ringside are quite a lot better than <laughs> a 2019 Sammy phone. It, yes. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite work. Um, Jericho, of course, shows why, why he is the master. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he kills time during the adverts playing with the crowd.
1: Yeah.
0: Just infinitely above and beyond everyone else there cutting a promo.
1: Yeah, we get a Katie Vick shoved out as well, which you don't see happening. Um, but yeah, she gets brought up.
0: He's so good, is Jericho. I know <laughs> I know, it's become fashionable lately to not like the guy, but
1: ah, so good, so good.
0: I don't know what I've written here. I'm looking at the notes, and it really looks like I've written Kenny Wanks Jericho.
1: Yeah, that was a good bit. Um, Definitely not I, I don't remember that. I
0: don't remember that. <laughs> Kenny wants Gezer right, there you I get, go.
1: It.
0: yes, yes, so the match starts, and Kenny's in the ring, and he wants Jericho to start the match off,
1: and it looks like he's gonna, but no,
0: he tags out cheap heat, yeah,
1: see so it's what you want, um but yeah i I like the pairing of Jericho and Sammy it's it's a good pair, and Sammy. Is only going to get better uh, by teaming with Jericho. Yes, they're in the faction together, but having them have regular tag matches together is only going to benefit Sammy.
0: Yeah, I mean he he is the greedest out of everyone here, and he comes mm. off looking great all the way through. Yeah, uh, there's some great bits in the match. Um, Adam Page he impresses. Does nothing in this is extra special because you don't want to get hurt and injured before a pay per view. Uh, but he does a lovely pump handle, pick up and carry of Sammy. Yes. And turns it into a bridge stack of shit.
1: Yeah, that's good that. That was that's that was like really nice. I really yeah.
0: I don't often say nice things about Sammy Hagar. His fine interference in this match is absolutely perfect.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, you you do kind of forget he's there as well leading up to that. Um so yeah, it, it was done really well. It's just
0: one thing, it's as the um I think it's Paige is going for a big over the top rope splash. And uh, as he runs off the term the off the ropes to go back, Hagar's just there and just boffs him in the head. Perfect, it's all you need. Um does it nicely. It gets very messy at the eight end though, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Uh before the match even ends, we have Pac run in mm-hmm. and he goes straight for Paige. Um, and that means you kind of almost missed Jericho winning with
1: the Judas effect. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, obviously, they're still keeping that move strong. But, yeah, the focus is very much on Pac at that point. Um, They sort of focus on a bit on the ramp of him looking on. Yeah, and the, the Judas effect is kind of, yeah, you, you would miss it because your mind's just elsewhere at that point. Uh,
0: but, you know, it is it is that strong move for a finish. Mm-hmm. It is the right guy getting the pinball on the right person. And then, of course, the inner circle continue their beat down on Paige, which means Cody has to run out.
1: That's and he right. goes
0: straight for Sammy. Mm-hmm. And then we get MJF, who attacks Jericho and Hagar.
1: Yeah, it comes out of his chair.
0: It looks like like Cody standing tall. You're like, yeah, that's good. Well, there's a main event coming and Cody's standing tall. But no, no, we're not done yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> here comes Moxley, fighting through yeah. the crowd as he does. He confronts Kenny. And it looks like Kenny kind of melts out of the ring like the T-1000. Yeah, yeah,
1: he does sort of slope out, doesn't he?
0: Leg limp slopes and then kind of curls. Uh, but then he comes straight back in once he's got his barbed wire
1: cleaning broom. That's right. Yeah. And they have their little face off.
0: Yeah. But before we get to enjoy that, we have proud and powerful the ruffians. Yeah. There they are. Santana and Ortiz. And then you get the young bucks. And, um, like that's good. The crowd are always going to do a big pop when they see the young bucks, but it's Tony Schiavone's response. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> Because at the oh, point where fucks come out, Tony Schiavone just goes, Yes <laughs> Excellent. It's like I hadn't I'd forgotten Tony Shivani was on the commentary team all evening. Like I think I heard more Scorpio Sky than Tony Shivani. Um, it's the first thing I really noticed to say in two hour show. And that's he doesn't follow up on it. It's just
1: It doesn't need to. He said what he needs to say, he's happy.
0: <laughs> no, it's quite amazing So Kenny and Mox <laughs> Obviously they eventually They go for it And they're, they're tearing each other They fight off Nick Jackson climbs on the entrance way uh, The cameraman gets a little too close And gets wiped out by the big schmoz yeah. That didn't, didn't seem intentional Because Jericho seems quite stuff tough for the cameraman
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: And JR as if to close the show out And lead into full game JR says Something's got to do. Which is of course the name of one of our longest running and most beloved BAWA pay per views. It was S-A-Pay yeah. a <laughs> <Yeah>. pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> event. I it came out on DVD,
1: so There you go, yeah. Yeah, people paid to come and see it.
0: They did, yeah. Four up to four pound fifty. Hmm. Um <laughs> But if you want to if you want to check the veracity of that, there are two pictures of a BAWA something's got to give event still on Google. Um it does take you to MySpace, though right?
1: so nice.
0: Um but but yeah that's it. That's the only evidence we existed. <laughs> <for>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nothing else we have done has made any dent. <laughs> so that <laughs> that was Dynamite Episode six. Best match?
1: Uh the ladies tag team match for me. I enjoyed that one a lot.
0: It had the best structure, probably had the best ending. Mm-hmm. Um hot crowd all through yeah i I don't think you can um I don't think you can really pick a different match. women's tag match gets the best match accolade, so who then gets the mVp
1: uh for me, it was Jamie Hayter because she was just so good everything she did was spot on whether it was her wrestling her presence, her shouting in the match, yeah, she just looked like the early signs of the star she is becoming right now.
0: she looked like someone who was fighting for a spot.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, And on a show where you've already got a few people who were a little complacent, who are already getting a little repetitive, having someone coming out there and kind of trying to stake their claim and get a contract. Yeah. But unfortunately, Jamie Hayter, as good as she is, she hasn't slept with a million women. And that is why my MVP of the week is Virgil.
1: (laughs) True. Yeah, that's fair. I'm sure she would agree to...
0: The man who killed the NWO.
1: (laughs) Ah, Virgil. I do hope we see him again. Fingers crossed.
0: Well, yeah, but then I'm going to have to try and figure out uh, who's your favourite that relates to Soul Train Jones. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I reckon I could do it. (laughs) So before we go, let's just have a quick look at Dark Episode 6, which was recorded at the same time as Dynamite.
1: Yes. So this one has a broadcast date of the 8th of November 2019 and uh, as is the way with dark we have a very interesting commentary team um, so we have Excalibur standard golden boy is back on commentary duties we saw him on some of the earlier uh, aw shows and they are joined by the commentary duo of arn anderson and chuck taylor brilliant <laughs> that's, that's your commentary team for Dark uh, and as always we get odd. Th- <laughs> very odd we get three matches uh, a singles match, hikari Shida uh, against Big Swall, who we mentioned uh, last week uh, another ladies match, which is a tag team match Lever Bates, The Librarian and Nyla Rose uh, against two names we've not seen uh, on AW before uh, Shalandra Royal uh, and Shazza McKenzie easy for you to say Exactly. So uh, Shazza McKenzie, she's probably the more, more well-known of the two. She's an Australian. Um, she's wrestled all over the place. Uh, she's wrestled for Shine and Shimmer, uh, two big uh, women's prom- uh, promotions. She also did have a couple of appearances in NXT, uh, in the early days of NXT. But she, I don't think it was ever signed. She just was there to have a couple of matches. Um, yeah, and she uh, had a few matches here here and there in aw again i don't believe she was signed um and i'm not entirely sure what she's doing now i think she's just doing it you do see her names her name appear here and there but for no one significant but yeah she's an australian there's been a lot of good uh, women's wrestlers come out of australia in the past few years uh emma uh is another one who's just made a return to wwe uh, she's very good um and yeah shalandra royale or royal is a name i just didn't recognise, and for me that is a massive letdown, so I did have to uh, Google her, but she hasn't done a great amount really, Um, she wrestles for OVW uh, at the moment, Um, used to be an old WWE developmental uh, company, now it's just a company that runs on its own, but yeah that's kind of where she's been um, for the past few years really, and she has a couple of appearances on AEW here and there on Dark. Uh, and after that is OVW. So, yeah, I think she's still very early on in her career. So we might see more of her in the coming years, maybe.
0: I have to be honest. I had no idea OVW was still going.
1: Yeah, it's it, very different to what it was. Like I say, it used to be that the big... WWE developmental. A lot of great names came out of AVW, but it's uh, it's not that anymore. It's just I'm sure it's it's just a company that runs that has that name. I don't you know I don't think it's got any connections to any big companies. I know for a while it was the developmental territory for Impact. There's Impact again, uh, but I'm not not sure it is now.
0: I'm going to start calling you Pete. Pete Impact. That's your new name.
1: But it works for Johnny Johnny Nitro, and he was Johnny Impact in Impact. So there you go. Uh, the only other match we get on Dark is a six-man tag team match the main event, which is Seema uh, and SCU, Frankie Kuzera and Scorpio Sky. They are against uh, Kip Sabian and the Hybrid 2.
0: This looks all right, this match, um, mostly because it is like, you know, it's an honest tag team defence. I mean, it is a trios match, so the belt's not on the line, but mm-hmm. that, that would probably be the one I would watch if I was going to watch a match before next yeah. week. Yeah. Will I? Well, that remains to be seen. <laughs> watch his space. So shoot in next week when we look at whether I watch Apoxy Trios, match John dark. <laughs> Don't shoot in for uh, probably hour plus chat about full gear.
1: Pay-per-view time.
0: So, yeah, that was it. That was Dynamite Episode 6. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. Uh, as always, we do appreciate it.
1: If- you want to follow us on social media, where can they find you, Mr. Pete? Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Pitwa. I'm on Instagram, uh, again, pittoir and Pitwart, if you want to follow my art. Uh, we've also got a page on Facebook for the podcast. That is WV Wrestling Podcast on there.
0: Brilliant. You can follow the podcast on Twitter for at least a couple more weeks at AEW. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at CZ Hazard and on Mastodon at dire Brave. And I'm not joking. I have legitimately set that up. But I think you have to go to at dire Brave at Pizza to find me because the site itself is a bit weird.
1: <laughs> I have never even heard of it, so uh, I'll look into that.
0: Yeah, a lot of people jump ship because Twitter's been mm. a bit musked up. It's smelling a bit musky at the minute. Um So that was our show. Thank you, everyone. Um, The best thing you can do to help us grow, if you would like to see more people listening to us, is to share on social media. Other than that, we're out. So thanks again, and we will be back in a week's time for Full Gear 2019.